0: To commas. Commas is all things tech. You see culture and technology coming together. Life hacks. The practicality right now in the inefficiency of the internet of buying and selling stuff is extraordinary. Entrepreneurship advice.
1: I think the first thing is you gotta understand your business inside out.
0: Love and tech. We've almost reduced dating to kind of this very momentary snap of a person. It's gonna be a fire show. I have yet
1: to see something these days that's truly differentiated.
0: New advice and new inspiration every show
1: is about the next generation of creatives going faster, further than we did.
0: And now, Sequoia Blodgett. Now let's start stacking them commas. We've heard from investors who are out here killing the game, but that's just one side of the coin. On today's show, we'll hear from an investor in training and she'll give you a glimpse of what it's like to become a venture capitalist. Entrepreneurship advice. (laughs) Learn from the hottest and most successful investors, founders, and innovators in the game. Determine your greatness. It's time to get your knowledge up. Okay, okay, for sure, for sure. Hey, yo, what's poppin'? We've got Shyla Bernie on the line. I am so excited to have you on this show because a lot of people are interested in venture capital, but we haven't really gotten a venture capitalist perspective. From the female side, we had Marlon Nichols on here prior, and of course, he's been in the game for a really, really long time. But you're just starting out your journey, which I think is so interesting, and I want to dive into all of that. But before we get into that, tell me a little bit about your background.
1: Sure. So I most of my background has been spent, and I spent 15 years in the public school system in Florida. Um, in Orlando, I uh, loved working in the education system. Didn't make a lot of money, but surely enjoyed spending time with um, young people. <laughs> uh, moved to Atlanta in 2002 and uh, started a totally different career path. I um, started working for uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, where I was a department manager in the features um, department, so sort of like managing the operational side. Um, But then got bored and really wanted to do something different and um, started writing. So I wrote fashion, had a real interest in fashion at the time, Um, wrote fashion and home and garden stories for the paper, um, and so did that for about five years, transitioned to nonprofit, mm-hmm. worked over at the American Cancer Society. Um, so you're talking about two different industries, one creative, and then now where you go to a, a research organization. Um, I worked for the American Cancer Society in the Office of Health Disparities, where we were sort of addressing the issues um uh, of uh, people of color and how they were being treated in sort of in, in, in sort of medical situations or health, um, you know, and just make them aware of some of the services that were available, that sort of thing. And I thought that was going to be like the worst job ever, and we did some creative stuff um, bringing information out. We did a colonoscopy video with Steve Harvey. Um, that brought awareness uh, for African American men to go and get, uh, get go and get their c- colonoscopy. Nice.
0: Um,
1: and so then uh, still stayed in the realm of nonprofits. And my last job was with Points of Light, which is an organization started by George H. W. Bush, pre- President George H. W. Bush, that focuses on volunteerism. Um, and so that was my last role uh, in 2017. And then I transitioned to entrepreneurship.
0: Perfect. So as an entrepreneur, you now decided after having multiple careers, and I definitely know what that's like because I've jumped around my fair share of times as well. So having multiple careers, now deciding, okay, I want to do entrepreneurship. Did you launch a business and not get funding? And that's why you decided to go into venture. Like what was that process like and how did you arrive at venture capital?
1: Sure. So for, I think, uh, maybe since 2012, I had always had, like, um, side projects. So I had um, a few clients where I was doing some administrative support, um, some project management support. So when I transitioned out, I immediately went into that business. So I created one business called The Burning Experience where I was providing support to nonprofits and some other companies. And then I also... Had these events, so I was was curating events for women, um, and you know, just empowerment sort of events. And so got into that, and like just a few months in, I had a colleague, a really good friend, who thought that I was really good at brokering brokering relationships. And he had been approached by a friend who had a nonprofit that needed uh, funding, and they wanted some help in sourcing investors. And so I, you know, I was so intrigued. By this. You know, I thought, oh, so what is venture capital? I had no idea what it was. Um, and so I got to researching two things I needed to do. I needed to find someone who looked like me mm-hmm. who was doing the work, and that was Arlen Hamilton. Um, and then I needed to be able to see that it was like, who's in my backyard that does this? And so I found my advisor what, what he wasn't my advisor then, but someone is uh, a, a man named Sid Mosley, uh, who lives here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so with those two things, me having sort of Arlen in my head, yes, it, it may be hard, but I can do this. And then sort of Sig, you know, he's the, they call him the godfather of angel investing for the Southeast. He's like, a, you know, he's just someone you here in the city. And so I just went about talking to so many people, attempting to um, bring this uh, company to them. I got a lot of no's (laughs) and so i you know so but i kept like this i mean a guy can't have a five-year startup and be ready to like look for venture funding and nobody pay attention to him so i kept knocking on doors and as things began to slow down um you know in terms of us uh, finally making uh sort of some progress i got a call from someone who wanted they were interested in investing in this company and i was like wow and so they had heard about you know me out here looking for investors for this particular startup and they wanted to talk to me um and they um uh, so we arranged a meeting and we were able to uh, get him to a five million dollar deal table nice. like with me with no experience just using the you know the idea of connecting and networking um those two, per- two particular things that's amazing yeah and so so really excited. we're all really happy oh my gosh and it, it was the potential of 100 million dollars because they had these big plans for future development and this was going to happen in ghana the country was the the uh, company is was is based in d'Ivoire. um and ghana had a real interest in what they were doing and wanted to sort of bring it to ghana and sort of revolutionize ghana's um financial systems and so we were all excited and then um We And I'm not sure, so I had this horrific incident that happened in my family right when we get this letter a couple weeks later. But that sort of propelled me into, like, I have to do something right now. I'm sitting here um, working, attempting to get someone funded. My daughter and I are on our way to a meeting to meet with another entrepreneur in the city because during this time I began to um, mentor and advise other startups. Um, and so we're headed to meet, um, one of our, uh, a colleague entre- who's also an entrepreneur in the city, um, uh, headed to the gathering spot where we typically have our meetings and, um, we're riding through a neighborhood. I didn't know at the time. All I know is it's a shortcut. I can get to the meeting a little bit quicker. Um, and we are caught up in gunfire. Mm. Two people are shooting at each other. Mm. I have no idea. All I do is I be up because I hear I hear the noise. I'm not really aware. But my daughter's in the car with me and then I hear this piercing noise and I say, Well the glass is not broke there. I don't see anything shattered. We must be fine. And I look down and my daughter is um bleeding from her abdomen.
0: <gasps> oh my God. And so
1: I we're like both crazy. I'm on a conference call. I mean we're just like we we don't know what's happening. I don't know if people are after us, if it's a neighborhood thing and so and she's fine. We get we get down the road, um, and an ambulance comes, a police comes, and they come, and they, they take my daughter to the hospital. She is examined. No organs were damaged, thank God. Um, but, it, you know, we are all like, what is happening? I mean, this is, w- w- these are communities that, you know, I've worked for all of my career. How do we get caught up in something like this? And so I decide at that moment, do I, I want to continue this work? You know, I'm doing this work for this person. I'm out here trying to help folks, and here my daughter and I, you know, all innocent in between somebody else's um, uh, mess, basically, because it was uh, sort of a a turf war. And, um, you know, and then fast forward, she's healing, we're all traumatized, but she's healing, and, you know, we, uh, we hear from the investor, and he decides he doesn't want to invest in a startup. He's going to go invest in hotels.
0: <laughs>
1: and so, you know, it's like it leaves everyone out on alert. And so I am like, you know what? No, I can't just like leave this. I have to do something. In spite of what happened to us in the community, um, you know, that's where my heart is. This is what I want to do, you know, in terms of making communities whole. Through which through whichever way I need to do that, I decide I'm going to watch my own fun i'm gonna raise money i'm gonna make sure founders who have put in the work and when they're ready to grow and scale, there is capital there because there is capital available and like so there we we just need folks in this to be able to advocate for that and so I decide to uh start a fund i um you know, I'm sitting at my table thinking, who? Oh, I need a strong woman. I need someone, you know, when I think about this fun every day, it's going to drive me. So, I, you know, I'm thinking Oprah, <laughs> I'm thinking Harriet, you know, all the folks that, I, that are dear to my heart when I think of strong women. And my daughter is right across from me and I go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to name the fun. My daughter's name is Zanae, Zane, Z-A-N-E. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to name the fun after her. It's Zane, but we call her Zane. Wow. And I named the fun after my daughter and I spent the next well, that was um that's just been since November I've spent these months just getting educated getting in front of folks you know you know sharing the story seeing what the feedback is and so you know here I am in June you know, or just, whatever month we are I've been so busy you know sort of like um ready to kind of make a pivot while also you know a part of what I've missed in this whole story is that I uh, we've had these amazing events around the country, mainly in New York and some here in Atlanta, where we've brought women together to talk about some of the resources that are needed, um, uh, you know, in terms of uh, some entrepreneurs, what's needed for their businesses to scale and, you know, to grow and scale and hopefully exit at some point. So we've had those sort of events while I formalized the fund. Um, and so it's just been an exciting journey. It's different. It doesn't, my background is not like there is no direct path to venture capital. It's just been one zigzag that zigzag that got me here with the attempts of making sure a a founder got funded. Um, based on his sweat sweat equity that he had put into his company, we know that it was viable. It just needed an, an investor to come in and believe in him.
0: Right. So, what has your experience been raising a fund so far? Because I've seen every single angle. I have personal friends, Monique Woodard, uh, a, a lot of mm-hmm. other really powerful women who have attempted to raise a fund, and it has been excruciating. So, what has your mm-hmm. experience been throughout this process?
1: So I've not started raising it, but just one thing that's been important to me, and I have, there is a a firm in New York who's who's sort of been holding my hand through this process, you know, advising me to first get educated, you know, know what it all all entails. What do you need to to have a fund that's actually going to work? And, you know, making sure my thesis is tight and differentiated from others. And so and then um, sort of getting informed, you know, talking to LPs, what are people looking to invest in, you know, and then sort of the introductions would happen. So I'm now at the introduction age and and not that I've act I've not, again, I've not started fundraising, but of course, everybody has told me how hard it's going to be, right? Um, you know, not that it's, I've had a few people tell me like, just do the event. Don't even, <laughs> don't even worry about raising a fund. It's just that difficult. Focus on having events um, and let that be sort of your legacy.
0: I think it's a noble cause. And I think that you should definitely attack it, and you are, right? You're going through the process and mm-hmm. you're learning through the educational aspects of it, what it's really like to just be in venture capital, period. I think right. even if you don't, raise the fund. I'm not saying that you won't. You will or you won't. But Mm -hmm. even if you don't, there's Mm -hmm. still other options, right? Like you said, educating the community. Angel angel investing is definitely another option. And other people, uh, a lot of people don't realize that Arlen Hamilton didn't raise her last fund. And that's why Mm -hmm. she pivoted into the accelerator model because it was an easier model for her to sustain. So, I think it's right. super noble in terms of, you know, obviously we have a lot of companies out here who need venture backing and, mm-hmm. you know, having those resources out there are are few far in between when it comes to at least for, you know, black entrepreneurs. So I think that that's definitely a, an option to address that in, in several different ways. Right. So. Right, Having those right, events, right. I think, are super important and connecting back to the community. And then also, you were a catalyst for the first person. So seeing how you could be a catalyst for other entrepreneurs going forward, mm-hmm. I think, is is really cool, too. So tell me a little bit more about what you envision for your fund.
1: So I envision And so the events will definitely sort of be a part of that because I see what I've learned um, just in the few events that we've done that, that's where I found deal flow, right? So I've had these events and found amazing founders through this that I've advised and mentored since the event. Um, And so the idea is to be able to create these events around the country where we not only, it's not only about the fund, it is about continuing to bring the resources to them. So I don't, you know, I wanna be able to see a founder from whatever, you know, the stage we're looking at, seed investments, of course that stage and and to grow to whatever stage they're deciding to to get their business to and we are walking them along i definitely want to be able to follow on if that's possible with funding you know so i definitely see you know part of it being as i said we're going to do these events we're going to make sure we're coaching and advising our founders through um through the process when they're with us um but the idea is just to be a partner in this um, the business is theirs, right? And the idea for us and, and the investors who invest in the fund, of course, everybody is thinking about, you know, their ROI. What are they going to get? You know, what is it going to be like to invest in these particular companies? So we're definitely looking at really, really solid companies. But you know, understanding, you know, it is venture, and there are companies that are going to fail. But this. The idea that we're going to back them until it gets to that particular point, right? And so I just look at myself, continuing to be able to collaborate with founders, um, connect them to different resources that they may need. That's another part of the events that we, I think, that I mentioned earlier. We were, we were a part of one event. One person that I'm working with that's in New Jersey, you know, she has these success circles. So once the event is over, these folks are still like that with sort of business angels to kind of help them with the different areas that they've been selected for. You know, and so I want to be able to continue that partnership with the fund. Um, And so ideally that is what I'm sort of thinking of um, for the first first fund. And then of course, you know, we we definitely want to look for a fund too, Um, making sure fund one is successful. Um, Yeah, but that's that's what we're looking, that's how we look to structure it. Nice. Have amazing events, curate it, precisely for uh, um, entrepreneurs and founders.
0: Have you looked into other partnerships that have kind of already curated those communities like Black Women, um, what is it, Black Women Talk Tech and there's Mm -hmm. um, Fun Black Women, there's there's a lot of them. (laughs) Um,
1: Right, so... Yes. So I have slowly only because uh I think so like as I said, this is just started in November. So I had an event like a few months later, okay. um in in uh, February. So what I did is I immediately partnered with folks on the ground. And so not not the formalized groups like black women talk tech, but definitely people who were in the ecosystem doing the work. Um so we, we call ourselves the collaborative. It was like four or five of us doing, you know, different types of entrepreneurs. Uh, type of work. And we just came together and did this event. The last event I did, it was with a group. It's Women of Color Connected. Um, she already has, you know, sort of um, all of the programming available. So we just partnered with them. I've attended Black Women Talk Tech. It was phenomenal last time. And I got to meet, um, I think, one of the co-founders and then someone who's local here in Atlanta. So the idea is for sure to collaborate with them. And so I don't know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Jewel Burke's mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about, like, how can I get engaged with what they're doing or vice versa? And so anytime I'm thinking about – we're planning an event for – A3C is going to be in October here in Atlanta, and I've already, uh, you know, uh, sent in a proposal to include all of these folks on a panel. So, yes, it's all about collaboration, um, and we shouldn't have to reinvent the wheel. We should be able to, you know, bring all of our resources together to make sure that, you know, the the, the idea is to make sure these – for me, anyway, to to get capital to these – to the founders. That's the most important thing. And whatever avenue is available, you know, I'm definitely willing to use it.
0: Awesome. Well, we are definitely excited about whatever that journey looks like for you because I know you know, that that's going to be a great, great feat for you. And I think that it's a it's one to tackle, right? Like
1: mm-hmm, for sure. there's so <laughs> many
0: people in the ecosystem that are addressing this, and I think that it's super important that we continue to chip away at it. And I love I mean, Fast Company just did a, a whole spread on Atlanta, so I love <laughs> what the ecosystem is doing right now um, mm-hmm. and looking forward to seeing it grow to, to the magnitude that it should be growing, right? Um, have right. you been out to Silicon Valley and kind of tapped into those networks and kind of saw like what it's like on the ground floor type of thing?
1: For sure. So I, interesting you say that. So I was accepted to 500 Startups, the Stanford program, um, and I opted out. But someone said to me, what you really need to do, shy, is spend some time on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I went to Afrotech last year, but of course I was in a different frame. I was, you know, looking for someone else's, you know, sourcing investors for someone else's company. So I went out in June. Um, I went out to Venture Crush with Lohenstein and Sandler. And it was, first of all, the event was amazing, but it allowed me to have these amazing conversations with VCs. And so I met a couple who invite uh, this, this uh, I can't remember the name of their firm, but they invited me back to their office. Uh, the next day and just schooled me on BC 101. <laughs> I mean, they didn't know me from anybody, you know, and I just, I was amazed that they were wa- like welcoming, wanting me, opening their doors, welcoming me in and saying, Hey, Shiloh, we want to help you too. And here's some of the things that you need to know. And so I, I spent some time out there. Just, it was just a few days, but I'm going to go back out again. And um, I think in late November, Uh, early November for Afrotech again, and that's when I'll spend more time out there. But I have found like everybody was so open to me. That's when I saw uh, Monique Woodard. uh, She was at Venture Crush as well, had a chance to speak to her just for a few minutes to get her, you know, quick advice on, on what I'm doing. And she was very sort of, you know, gave me a quick little like, hey, this is what you should do and this is how you should do it sort of thing. I was just so, it was so... I saw everybody that I hear about. I guess I don't know how to say that. Like I hear about all of these mm-hmm. Sarah Cuntz, I think was there. You know, I think I think she was there. And it was like, oh, and everybody that I see on Twitter was in this space. And so it felt really good. And it, I felt welcomed. Um, you know. And so yeah, I, that's about as much time that I that I spent out there. But I'm definitely going back. Nice. To spend a bit more time out there.
0: Nice. Yeah, I would For say sure. spend as much time as you can, just really learning the ecosystem because that's the root of it, right? And once mm-hmm. you have a good grasp, especially those relationships, I mean, that's where 80% of the the financing is concentrated. So once you have a, a good grasp on that, then you have a better idea of the bigger scope and the bigger picture. Because mm-hmm. I think that being in Atlanta is, is a good place in terms of like – Startup ecosystems, but financing isn't there yet, right? So it is not, right?
1: You're absolutely right.
0: <laughs> so, as soon as you have that kind of bigger scope and really understand that ecosystem, I think it's going to be really, really instrumental to your growth in terms of your fundraising because you'll get very clearly what's happening.
1: Absolutely, totally agree with you.
0: Perfect, totally agree. Yep. Well, yep. we're excited. I'm definitely, like I said, if we could be a resource, definitely. Hit us up. I've got all type of relationships in the Valley. Um, So yeah, I'm super excited about what you're doing and we look forward to seeing where it goes. I really am excited that we were able to get a grasp on that perspective because it feels really sexy when you're looking to break into venture capital, but we don't really understand what that roadmap looks like. And we see the Arlen Hamiltons on the covers of fast company and we see these success stories, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I think that's great. I think we need those perspectives. We need to know that there are black Founders, There are black entrepreneurs, there are black investors that are out there looking to try to help move the community forward. And what does that look like, though? What does that look like when you're internal and you're actually going through that process and you're understanding how to move the needle forward? At the end of the day, Atlanta is a great ecosystem. It's new. It's up and coming, but it's still not Silicon Valley. So being in Silicon Valley and really understanding what it's like to actually go through the process of raising a venture fund, go through the process of, like she said, bringing on your LPs go through the process of getting all that stuff together is a process nonetheless. And I'm super proud of her for taking that leap and for going throughout that journey and exploring that journey. And there are the success stories out there. There are the Eric Moore's there, are the Kirby's the base ventures, the companies that you will see that are are very successful. The Marlon Nichols of the world's, um, But the truth of the matter is they're few far in between. So having somebody out there who is looking to break into that, she's got to get to the valley and she's got to immerse herself into those conversations as much as humanly possible. Because at the end of the day, if you want to be successful, you've got to be where your community is. And like I said, as sexy as Atlanta is right now and as up and coming as as it is and thriving, the money's not there. And so in order to really understand that, she's going to go back to Silicon Valley and she's going to immerse herself in those ecosystems and that's what's going to get her to where she needs to go. So super proud of her. Glad we were able to have that conversation and get a a kind of perspective on that because I feel like a lot of people are aiming to be entrepreneurs at this point, but there aren't a lot of people that are aiming to be funders, i.e. investors, i.e. venture capitalists, angel investors that that game, right? So I'm really excited to see where this goes. All right, so before we close this segment out, I want to leave you guys with some concrete tips. Anybody who's interested in entering the VC world, this is what you need to do to at least have an advantage or an option of becoming a venture capitalist. So first things first, you have to get an education. You've got to at least have a four-year business degree Or a lot of VCs have MBAs. So if you can get that MBA, then you're looking very, very qualified. In Shilas' case, she had gotten accepted to the Berkeley School of Law. So she took their VC university program and got a diversity scholarship for that. So if you're thinking, oh, I can't afford it, there are definitely scholarships out there. She had a two and a half day program that she spent at the University of Michigan where she learned about cap tables and And got a lot of education around deal flow. So that's definitely a good start. So take that and then obviously growing it, thinking about other ways that you can get educated because you have to have that education regardless. Second thing is like she did find a mentor. There are tons of venture capitalists in the community that are willing to give a little bit of their time as long as you have some value add, because there are so many people addressing and asking them about how to get investment and like all these things. So, of course, they're a little bit turned off by that. But if you have some value add, something that you can bring to the table that would make them interested in mentoring you, then that's definitely a route that you should take. Obviously, you want to have venture capital work experience. So working at a VC firm as an analyst is a great way into the door. So think about that becoming an angel investor first. So I actually tapped into that a little bit in our conversation, but that is definitely a way to understand what deal flow looks like, how to do due diligence around a deal. Those are things that you're going to come across as an angel investor in the beginning. And that's something that you can add to your portfolio because you've already been investing in the community. A lot of VCs, which is interesting, come from the investment banking world. So they're either really successful entrepreneurs who went through the route of being an angel investor and then eventually moving on to a firm, or they came from the investment banking world. So think about those two verticals. Also, investing in your own ideas. Did you invest in yourself first? Have you bootstrapped? Those are obviously really, really, really strong things to consider when you're looking into becoming a VC because you know what that process looks like. So if you were an entrepreneur, you know what you should be looking for as an investor, right? So you've had... Like I said, a little bit of each side of the coin. So those are some really solid tips if you're looking into joining the VC community. It's life hacks. Life hacking, baby. Tech tips and tools for
1: everyday needs. Tap in. Control copy these shortcuts and simplify your life. You heard
0: us. One day I was leaving a conference and I was on my way back to the airport. And I was super tired. So I'm getting on this plane and I'm not even checking for the fact that we've been sitting on the tarmac for like two hours because I'm knocked out cold. So out of nowhere, they're like, okay, everybody, we have to divorce the plane. So we get off and we're in this massive line. And of course, me being the technologist that I am, I'm like, let me check the app to see. If there is another flight that I can book from the app, right? And so I look at United's app and it says that there are no more flights to Los Angeles that day. So now I'm a little bit panicked because I need to get back to L.A. And I'm not sure where everybody else is going, but I'm definitely needing to be on the ground in Los Angeles. Now, I have Spidey senses. And I actually heard another guy say that he had booked a flight back to LA. So I'm going, okay, the app's saying one thing, but this guy's saying something completely different. And I don't know the guy. So I don't want to approach him and be like, oh, you know, did you book your flight back to LA? Which in hindsight, I probably should have just asked him. Right. And so I'm standing in this line and people are going and going and going and they're getting rebooked and they're getting rerouted and et cetera. And then all of a sudden, the gate agent is like, Everybody who is going to, I want to say it's, was it Dallas? Let's say Dallas for now. I don't even remember. But everybody who's going to Dallas get on the flight. And I'm like, I'm not going to Dallas. I'm going to LA. And so I stay in the line and little by little, the line is dwindling until it's smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, and smaller. And then there's this guy and his two children that are at the front of the gate and they're just taking their time. And I am kind of a, panic mode right now because I'm seeing all these people get on this flight and I'm trying to make a decision in my mind. Do I just go to Dallas? But I'm like, I don't want to be stuck in Dallas. I want to be in Los Angeles. And so I'm like, I'd rather be stuck in North Carolina, to be honest, versus being stuck in Dallas because I know people where I'm already at. So I get to the front of the line. And at this point, everybody has boarded and I'm literally the only person left in line. And so that says a lot because I guess everybody else just was like, F it. I'm going to Dallas. I'll figure it out. Right. And so the guy has boarded the flight, closed the doors and I get to the front and there's this woman standing there and she's like, where are you going? And I'm like, Los Angeles. And so she checks and she's like, you need to be on that flight because there's another flight connecting to Los Angeles. And automatically, I am in utter panic because I'm like, Your technology said that there were no more flights to get to Los Angeles. And she's like, No, 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 you need to be on this flight. So she runs down, talks to the guy. He's like, No, she's not getting on this flight. I asked who was going to Dallas, and she didn't say anything. She didn't move. And so eventually, he comes back up. Mind you, the plane's still there, and I can see it. And he comes to the gate and he's like, I asked you, where are you going to Dallas? And I'm like, I'm not going to Dallas. I'm going to Los Angeles. And this is horrible customer service because you should have made sure that every single person who got off that flight knew where they were going after the fact, whether it be a reroute or if they were stuck in this airport. Like, what did they need to do Were their vouchers? You guys should have took, taken care of your customers because that is your job. And so he's getting defensive. Eventually, we get into a shouting match, and we're going back and forth. And at this point, I just look, and I'm like, this grown-ass man is yelling at me. And all of a sudden, I don't know where the trigger came from, but I just, like, broke out in tears. Like, I am bawling at this front gate, right? And this woman, and now her manager is sitting next to her. They're both staring at me because they're, like, in disbelief that, like, I am crying like a toddler at this point because I have lost it, right? And so he's, like... Does not give two fucks. And he types out this or the, the change ticket and he's like, here you go. Have a good day. And I'm like, I cannot believe that they are so rude and so inconsiderate and just did not care. Right. So I'm walking through the airport like crying like crazy. I walk in the bathroom. My face is like bloodshot red. I look like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Like that's how much like crying I was doing. So I get back to the hotel, have to recheck into a hotel, have to stay a whole nother day only to get to the airport the next day and get a a basically a a signal over the loudspeaker to say that this plane that I'm going out on the next day may be delayed, too. Oh, hell no. So I get back up, I get in line and I look up. And the heavens had parted because the woman from yesterday was standing there like deja vu. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, I am getting on this flight and I'm going home and I'm super, super upset at this point because I'm just like, I cannot stay in North Carolina another day. Like, there would be two days I'd be stuck in the airport and that is just not a thing that I'm excited about, right? Now, mind you, when I got back to the hotel, I had called United and I stayed on hold with them for so oh so long and i was sitting on hold finally they get on the phone and i'm like telling them the whole story and they're basically like we'll just go report it on our website right and i'm like that's it like that's it like, no repercussion nothing just report it on our website do you know how hard it is to report a claim on a website for a major airline so i go report this it goes unanswered nothing happens The next day, like I said, I'm in that line. I see the woman. She sees me and she's like, "Uh uh-uh, come to the front of this line right now. So I walk up to the front of the line and she's like, we are putting you on two flights. She was like, if you can't get out on this first flight for whatever reason, I will get you on another flight in Chicago to make sure you get back to L.A. She calls her manager. She's like, this girl has been in the airport for two days. Like, she has got to get out of here. So all said and done, I get back on that flight. I get home, but I'm still pissed off at this man who was yelling at me like I was his child. So I get back to L.A., and I'm like, how do I talk to them? Because they're not responding. They didn't respond when I sent the letter. They didn't respond when I called. And I remembered something. So a friend of mine had an issue of a little bit back, and she tweeted about it. And I was like, wait a minute. So I get on Twitter and I'm like, United, you are very rude. Your customer service was awful. Answer me right now. Within a couple of minutes, I get a, a tweet back. Hi ma'am, how how may we help you? <laughs> Slide into our DMs and we will talk to you over there. <laughs> like basically take this off the public form, please. And I'm like, oh, so that's how you get things done. You got to tweet. So, I get over to the the DMs. They're like, tell us the entire story. I write the entire story back. Literally, the next day, they send me an email with a voucher refunding everything for that flight. And basically, I'm able to utilize that voucher for wherever I want to go. I end up going to visit my cousin in Vegas. And my voucher ended up turning into a first-class flight, which was amazing. So, I say that all to say, people, because I know so many of you guys have had issues when it comes to customer service and anything that's public facing. Use the Twitter gods; They are your friend. It is in your favor. That is how you're going to get the answers that you want this is the plug you
1: know who's the plug it's time
0: to get caught up on the hottest in tech
1: keep it locked you heard with sequoia blodgett i
0: see you little mama so what is commas you ask we are an entrepreneurship community that helps you get support on your journey to financial freedom So Commas is a community of like-minded startup entrepreneurs with a goal of being profitable. We focus on helping founders gain an understanding of how to build online, digital, and tech-enabled businesses through courses, coaching, and support. So throughout that process, what we'll do is we take you through a four-month program, and you'll learn different courses that have focus points in entrepreneurial mindset, product development, branding, marketing, sales, publicity, fundraising, basically every single touch point of your business. And not only that, you're going to understand business formation because you can know all of that stuff, but if you don't have a legitimate business, then you're stopping in your tracks, right? We have a one-on-one session with amazing coaches that span everywhere from mental health to legal, brand, and finance, not to mention your are also going to have group coaching and a mastermind where you're going to collaborate with your fellow peers and get feedback on your business as well. So we're an all-inclusive community to make sure that you're getting your company moving from point A to point B. And we also have live events. Our previous event was done in partnership with Gary Vaynerchuk. And Draper. So, you know, we get to popping over here. So, if you guys are interested in learning more about the Commas Club, log on to (laughs) www.commasclub.com.